1: So out in Boston, we talked last week, I think, about Jalen Brown. He did an interview with Logan Murdoch. Logan Murdoch works for The Ringer. In it, JB, obviously, we talked about this, talked a lot of shit about his teammates, about uh, just the world in general, about the organization as a whole. He wasn't really shit-talking his teammates, but he was definitely talking about the organization. It was a little salacious. There were pointed barbs launched at some of the coaching decisions that have been made, some of the organizational decisions that have been made, whether J- uh, Jason Tatum was hanging out with Kevin Durant too much when his name was circulating in trade rumors. And now, which is very surprising to me because Jalen Brown is the type of player that, and person that I thought would stand ten to- toes down on his comments and say, yeah, I said it, he is now walking it all back. Very disappointing. He was asked in his post-game presser about some of the comments coming out of the article, and if you recall, it included lots of quotes from other people, including teammates like Tatum, friends like Kyrie. Very detailed, very well-sourced article, and apparently not well enough sourced for Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown had this to say. "Uh, In terms of speculation, et cetera, I can't speculate on anything above what I'm doing right now. I think sometimes when people write articles – They get taken out of context, especially when writers have their own agendas or whatever. For me personally, I'm thinking about clarifying some of the things that have been recently said. But other than that, I'm just focused on my team. I'm focused on playing basketball and winning games. Oh, boy. What exactly uh, are you looking to clarify? Nothing right now, he says. Right now, the only thing I want to clarify is that the Celtics need to play better and win more games. If I want to say something in the future about the kind of things that have been floating around, I will. But in terms of right now, I like when people hear things from the horse's mouth and you can see my reaction, my face, and everything how I feel about how I'm saying. Sometimes those things can get lost in translation, you know? So if I feel the need to do so, I will. I keep in constant communication with my teammates. And my organization and we've got to have everybody on board if we want to do what we say we want to do so right now I'm focused on that it's almost like Jalen Brown doesn't know how the media works hey we're gonna get your thoughts from your mouth in spoken word form those are gonna come out in written word form and when you say things even if they sound nice when you put them in print they definitely sound worse always Always, always, always. This is a guy who maybe should do some more interviews so he knows how articles are going to come out. Yes, they get spun in the direction that a writer wants to write. You think they're just going to put your quotes up and be like, hey, here's what Jalen Brown has to say. Boom. That's it. Nothing. No opinions. No context. No setup. No conclusion. No substantiating information. Nothing. You don't think he's going to point out that Kanye West did all this crazy shit that you were lying with him and you didn't want to fire him? Yeah, he did that. So it also sounds like a guy who's, like, getting a lot of advice from people being like, hey, uh, if you want that Supermax deal, if you get all NBA and they don't offer you that Supermax deal, you better pack your bags and think about going to Atlanta or wherever is the other teams that you think about going because uh, if they don't think you're all in, they're not all in. He also did not feel the need to say that anything reported was false, so that's interesting, Uh, including his disappointment with the way that he was dangled as trade bait. He didn't say anything about that. All of this, though, just puts more pressure on the Celtics in the offseason and in the postseason. If they get flamed out early and he doesn't get all NBA and he doesn't get that Supermax deal, the patience from Jalen Brown might just wear out and shit might just hit the fan. One of the main themes of the second half of this season is, is charting just how very, very angry players are against the referees. That's the theme of the year, I think. 2023, 2022, 2023, the year of I hate refs. The year of refs done fucked up. The year of do we need to take this to robo-ref. The year of let's call out refs by name. The year of do we need to be finding refs uh, and looking into their bank accounts to see if they're betting on games. It reached a tipping point, of course, when Fred Van Fleet called out Ben Taylor by name, saying that he was terrible. It then went to a new place when uh, Mark Dagneau called out refs, Donovan Mitchell called out refs, Marcus Smart called out refs. The league, obviously, ref problem. The latest now to weigh in, and I'm starting to come around on him, is uh, Rudy Gobzilla Gobert. The best nickname. After um, a very sketchy night of of refereeing where the Wolves lost to the Suns, if you saw it, it looked uh, very one-sided. He unloaded after the game. He said, it's not fair. It's really not fair every night. I've been in this league for 10 years, and I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. But it's uh, hard for me to think they're not trying to help the Suns win tonight. It's hard for me to think they didn't try to help the Warriors win the other night. Or Sacramento the other night. It's just so obvious. A basketball player that's been in the league for this long, it's disrespectful. It's almost like Rudy Gobert believes that the NBA does not want a small market team like the Minnesota Timberwolves in the playoffs, and they would prefer teams like Sacramento, nice feel-good story, Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant, L.A. Lakers with Anthony Davis, Warriors with Steph Curry to be in over them. Yeah, I think that's probably true. This also came on top of a rant earlier this month where he told The Athletic, yeah, I get hit in the face every night and uh, no one ever gets a flagrant called on them. It's crazy. No, it's not crazy because Rudy Gobert got called for five fouls, four of them on the offensive side, which helped the Suns overcome a 10-point-plus deficit. And then win a game in a, as we said, a very, very tight Western Conference. And he laid it all out at the end of the press conference. He said, we understand we're not the biggest of markets. And we're a team that, I think you want to see Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Steph Curry in the playoffs. You want to see LeBron James in the playoffs. The Timberwolves are just not there yet. How many players are going to have to say something before the league does something? The answer might not be what we want it to be because Gobert and Fred Van Fleet are right. The league maybe does want big market teams in the playoffs that are not named the Toronto Raptors and the Minnesota Timberwolves at the expense of them. Stranger things have happened, but I think that's probably right. All right, let's move on. Probably the the biggest storyline, other than refs, that's uh, not happening on the court this year has to do with the MVP race. There are six games left, and no one seems to know what they want to do with the MVP. We are probably headed towards the closest MVP vote in the history of the award. And it's not close. It's not close. I think 22 right now, 22 votes, is the slimmest margin between MVP uh, winner and MVP runner-up. So the latest straw poll came out today. that's Tim Bontemps from ESPN. And just when we all kind of thought Embiid was going to overwhelmingly take it, we got a wrinkle because Embiid sat, sat out a couple of big games and the Sixers lost some big ones. James Harden, as we'll talk about a little later, has been injured. And for all intents and purposes, we now have a dead heat on our hands. So the straw poll is ESPN's informal polling of votes on the MVP race. And right now, if you can believe it, there are just two points separating Embiid and Jokic. 790 and 788. That's insane. That is crazy. To think that we can get this far in the season and that people still don't know who they think that they want to vote for. And this actually... They talked about this with Tim Bontemps. They said, hey, maybe you should just ask me after the season is over because a lot can change in six games. Jokic actually leads in first place votes, 42-40, to but the joker, the wild card in this race is Giannis. Giannis is the fly in this ointment. Giannis is the third-party candidate, the Ralph Nader, if you will, fucking with the 2000 presidential election all over again he's got 18 first place votes does anyone actually think Giannis is going to win this award no stop voting for Giannis then you know it's a two-man award okay don't vote for Jason Tatum don't vote for Giannis that is enough to swing it in either direction for sure if those 18 votes had to be decided and sent to either Embiid or Jokic maybe it would be a little bit more clear Embiid finished second on 45 ballots as opposed to 39 ballots for Jokic, which is why he has such a a narrow lead. And personally, I don't have any idea how it's going to shake out. I don't think Vegas knows. Vegas keeps changing the lines every single day, depending on which player has the more dominant performance night to night. But I do know one thing. Giannis will play spoiler. Are we headed for a recount? Are we headed for we're only voting for these two? Is the Supreme Court going to have to step in? So many questions. The one thing that we know for sure is that this thing can still be won by Jokic or Embiid. Maybe Ralph Nader? Maybe even Giannis? They said maybe. Either way, closest, most entertaining, most controversial, most heated MVP race in league history. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Check back Friday for an all-new episode. Do not forget to peep the feed for past interviews and episodes. Bonus episodes do drop unexpectedly throughout the week, so make sure you're checking your feed. Please follow us. Uh, We are almost to the playoffs. Download, subscribe, tell all your friends, rate, review. Tell any friend that you know that uh, is okay with cursing and wants to hear about the NBA. Follow us on the social. Uh, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Heat check is not sleeping, and neither should you. We'll talk to you soon.
2: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.